Lord spoke to me during worship. And he said, The cry of a warrior brings fear to one to the one who hears it. To the one who's on the other side of receiving that shout, that cry out. I, I think of one of my favorite movies, Braveheart. Yes. You guys like that movie? That's a good movie. I think of that, thought of that when he told me that. When you think of a warrior crying out, shouting out, in the preface of what then they act out, I think of that movie. I think of, you know, when they're all lined up at the end there, and I think it was toward the end of the movie, and, and you know, they just came expecting them all to be all nice and, you know, do what they've always done. And instead, they charged. They charged a, a greater number. They charged a greater army. And they charged with a shout. You can imagine being on the other end of that. If you're a greater army, if you're a greater number, you're, you might have a reaction of confusion. <laughs> what, what do they think they're doing? More times than not, if it is coming from a warrior, it will strike fear in the heart of the person that hears it. But why? Just because that warrior has a booming voice? No. It's because of the foundation that was laid in that person's heart to follow through on who they are. Follow through on who God has made them to be. Follow through on the very reason they were standing there in that battlefield in the first place. Whatever it is. You see, what we don't understand so often as Christians is the fact that our spirits cry out in the spirit realm. Shout out. Do we shout as a warrior? Do we shout in fear? See, in our physical bodies, we can pretend to be whoever we want to be for a time. If we're in front of people we don't know, we can pretend easy. I have a few good stories about that one. Not going to tell them. But we can pretend who we want to be, right? Until the truth is seen. Until the truth of our actual lives is seen. So those who know us best are what? They're the ones that are around us. They're the ones that experience the doing, not just the saying. That experience the thrusting of that sword, not just the shouting of that war cry. You know, I, I, I want to go there 
Because what Brooke said during worship is a really important thing to understand. She said our foundations are important. We don't want to be like the person who built their foundation on sand. Right? And that's, that's out of Matthew 7. I actually want to go to a different, little bit different take on that. We're going to go to Luke chapter 6. Now, those of you who know my background, you know that, that I have a builder background, right? And one of the first things you do in building a, building a home is, aside from doing the layout and get permits and all that good stuff, the, the first thing that you do is you go and you begin to dig the foundation, Right? If, if it's a house that has a basement, you dig the basement, but then you dig below that to dig a foundation. And the deeper you dig, depending on how you're going and the kind of, it, it, it depends on the soil that you're doing it on. It depends on where you're building this home as to how deep you need to go. Why? Because you need to go deep enough to hit the solid soil. You need to go deep enough to hit the point where it will not be rocked. Right? Let's read this real quick. Just And and before we do, Father, we worship you and praise you. Lord, I give you my mouth. I give you my will. My hands, my feet. I ask that you speak through me your will only. What you desire to convey, Father, we sit waiting eagerly to hear from you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 6, we're going to begin at uh, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose and the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. You know, let's take in both. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. I just want to read both. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, beginning. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. 
I can only imagine the lessons that were learned in the physical when builders first began to build. Right? When, oh, I, I want a beach house. I want to, you know, kind of set it up here on the beach, only to realize that with the tide, that's going to erode away. You know, we have beach houses now. Have you ever seen a beach house being built? Yep. It's really amazing. It really is. The pylons that they put in, actually, the foundation of a beach house is very different than a normal house. Because they're not built in the kind of foundation that goes underneath the entire house. They're, they're built on pylons because of what could be washed away. But they're also built very deep. Because they have to go through all that sand till they hit rock. Till they hit that solid ground. It's just like us. When we build our our lives here with Christ. We believe in Christ and that's good. That's awesome. We've accepted Jesus Christ into our heart. That's great. That gets us to heaven. But we've talked about this many times. That is so just the beginning of what God wants to do. Because see, if we are truly to be His hands and His feet... He has to make us like His hands and His feet. Meaning our will must become His will. So in order to do that, we begin by building this foundation. The foundation is not salvation. That's just the first part. The foundation of our lives is that relationship that we build with Him. It's the time that we put in every day. It's the time that we put in when we are just alone and talking with Him. It's the time that we put in diving into His Word and saying, Lord, I I have no clue what You're saying here. But you know what? You promised to send Your Holy Spirit if I ask and give me wisdom. So I ask for wisdom of what I'm reading right here. I could tell you it works because I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. I'm I'm doing one now. (laughs) And I I won't even say what it is yet because I don't want to throw you all off because I'm in the middle of it. But it's, it's a portion of Scripture that is very confusing. So I say, Lord, just show me your wisdom here. Send me your Holy Spirit. I don't want to assume my own connection. I don't want to assume my own conclusion of what this says. I need to know what you say it is. Because my foundation must be you. If I'm to be used, my foundation must be him. Otherwise, guess what? You are all wasting your time being here. You're wasting your data listening to me online. If all my words are just my words, it's a waste for me. I should be off somewhere else doing something else. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste your time. Because everybody here has expressed their desire to be used by the Lord. Everybody here. 
If it wasn't the case, you probably wouldn't be here in this church. Because there's so much more expected of you here. But in doing that, the right foundation has to be built. You can't do all the things that you say you want to do and what you want to give God. You can't do it with your life being your own. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. We hold little things back from God all the time. But yet, because I want to be seen as a warrior, I will shout. I will shout. I will shout and hopefully that will scare the enemy. Guess what? It doesn't. It doesn't. See, in the Spirit, they see the truth of who you are. They see the truth of what you have built as that foundation. If you don't believe me, you can. I, I, we won't go there, but remember the story of those ones who were Casting out demons in the name of Paul. What did the demons say? We know Paul. We know Jesus. We don't know you. Boom, 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 boom. And they got the stink knocked out of them. See, I held my tongue that time. That was good. They did. They got beat up. Why? Because the Spirit saw the truth. The Spirit saw that their shout had no strength to it. That what they were trying to portray in who they were was an absolute lie because they had not made the sacrifice to give themselves to God. We do that all the time. And you know what? Facebook has allowed it. I wish God, for just a moment, would have control of Facebook and be able to just silence everything that was not true. Guess what? We wouldn't have Facebook anymore. I'm talking about true coming out of each one of us. You know, we talk about how we love people. We talk about how the world needs God. Please don't show any hands. This is a rhetorical question, but who did you talk to this week? Who did you talk to? Who did you allow the Lord to lead you to say, go over there, go over to that cashier, go over to that person pumping gas, go over to that person walking down the street and tell them that I love them. See, more times than not, our reaction is we won't even hear that from the Lord because we have not tuned in to that station. But that's what he wants. That's the foundation built on a rock. And I say this because because the Lord's heart is heavy. I feel like he has me in <laughs> Believe me, he and I argue about this. It's not really an argument because I never win, but (laughs) we talk about this all the time. Coming up to a Sunday morning, and he begins to tell me, 
here's what I want. And I'm like, Lord, didn't we just say that last week? Didn't we just say that the week before? And the week before that? And the week before that? And he said, yeah. But until they get it, we're going to keep saying it. Until they get that relationship will cost you everything that you are. Notice, I didn't say everything that you have. Everything that you are. Because if you can't, if you want him, you can't have you inside there pushing him out. Does that make sense? But yet we do that all the time. We're not willing to make the sacrifice. There's a great cost to being a warrior on the front line. May look cool in all the face paint and everything else, and the shout, and makes for a cool movie. But put yourself, because that's a true story, put yourself in that position. Would you really step in that place? Would you really? It's easy to say, I will give my life for the Lord. It's easy to say that, especially here in the States where, guess what? Your life, except for extraordinary circumstances, won't be required of you because you're a Christian. Did my mic go off? Did I hit it off? Hello? Oh, no. That shouldn't be on. Well, I don't know if... Yeah, it should be off, but am I off again? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Just, do you have a bat? <laughs> I'm sure there's one in this house. <laughs> Sometimes it gets stuck. And... Just use the base. <laughs> okay. I will talk louder. Hopefully they can still hear me on Facebook. I could do that, couldn't I? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd go ahead and turn the yellow mic on. Okay. Well, then I will turn this off. You know, we put ourselves here in America, it, it, as I was saying, it's so easy to just say, yes, I want this. Yes, I want to do that. I want to give you this place in my heart. He has been teaching that for six years now here at Ignition. Five and a half years here now at Ignition. At what point, at what point do we get to step forward in that? See, we're at that point. That's why this is so important to understand and to get. Because if you step onto that front line thinking that you're just going to shout and make the enemy afraid without it being backed up by your life, you are being foolish. You're making a mistake. Because the enemy won't be afraid of that. That's why God right now is drawing a line. See, we're in a first woe. We've talked about this for a while. We knew about it as of September of last year. We knew it was coming. This woe is five months. 
we're about to enter the last month of this woe because it ends on July 31st. And I feel his heart's cry because of what's coming. Because of what's coming will strike fear into those who cannot back up that war cry. Can you imagine, again, thinking of Braveheart, can you imagine being on the front line there and just yelling, all oh, the war paint yelling, banging, you know, the spear and a sword or whatever, getting ready to run, and then when it was time to run, just, oh, well, no, I didn't think we were going to go that far with it. Right? I, I thought we were just here to kind of show something. Guess what? Those days are over. Those days are over for the Christian. If you're trying to operate in those days and you plan to operate in those days, you are living at a, the wrong time in history. Because God is readying His bride. He is drawing a line in the sand. He will follow through with that. Why? Believe it or not, because of His mercy. Because those who do have relationship with Him, those who are part of His remnant that are are a hundred percent His, have been crying out, We want more. We want more. We want Your will. We want You to do what You have promised You're going to do. See, He's going to listen to his kids that he's built relationship with. He loves all. It's not a matter of love. It's a matter of listening to what is in agreement with his will. That's where we're at right now. That's why this dividing line of this first woe is for the church. Don't lie to yourself. And say, well, you know, God is always good, and He only does good, and so He won't bring judgment upon His bride. He won't bring judgment. He won't do anything bad. You know, you were right in the first part of that sentence. God does good and only good. But who are you to judge what good is? See, good is... Agreement with His will. And man, God's perspective is so different than ours. And this is probably the hardest thing. In, in, this, in this journey that I've been on, and I've always promised to share everything about that as we've gone along, and, that, and I've done that. But in this journey, it is difficult... It is difficult to keep moving without seeing. Right? How do you get past that? By beginning to see. See, one of the first things he taught us was what this real reality is. And we've talked about this many times. The real reality of what's around us. The real reality of his kingdom versus this kingdom. 
The real reality is heaven's not up there somewhere. His kingdom is not out there somewhere. The Bible says his kingdom's right here. That when Jesus came, he brought his kingdom among us. So there is a requirement to be able to recognize that and to see that. And it first comes with you being willing to see that. If you're not, and you're not willing to build relationship with him, you will never, understand me, you will never see truth for what it is. You'll never see things going on around you for what they truly are. But the warriors that he's calling must see that. Otherwise, they're going to see things that happen around us, and they're going to react to those things because that's what they see. They won't see what's behind it. They won't see the real landscape of what's going on. We have to be able to see in his kingdom. We have to be be able to understand what's going on in his kingdom if we're going to be a frontline warrior. Now let me tell you another thing. If you think, well, you know, then I just won't be a frontline warrior. I'll just kind of hang out in the back and, and, and I'll maybe come in on the second or third wave and not. Again, you were born at the wrong time of history if you, if you want that. Because his dividing line is to divide that very thing. It's to divide the hot and the cold. Because the lukewarm, they don't get divided into a third part. Right? Revelation 3. What happens is they get spit out. I don't know what that means. But usually when I spit something out, it's because I want to get rid of it. I don't want to use it anymore. It has no usefulness in my body. So I spit it out. I'll, I'll leave that one to the Lord. He, he can make that mean whatever he intended it to mean. But the point is clear. There's no more walking with the Lord with your mouth while not walking with your actions. And I plead with you. I plead with you online. That line is here. And it is now. The Bible says the fool thinks things will always go on as they have been. I don't want to be a fool. I know you don't want to be a fool. The remnant does not want to be a fool. He said recognize the times that we're in. Recognize what's going on around you. The only way you could do that is to recognize his kingdom. I want to say one other thing. I want to, just going back in Luke again, and, and really I don't have a lot, but this is so weighty. This goes along with what we've been saying Right before where we just read about building your house upon the rock, upon that firm foundation, beginning in verse 43 of Luke chapter 6, says this, For no good tree bears bears bad fruit. Let that soak in a second. No good tree 
bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. You can't hide from God who you really are. But guess what? It's not just that. Those who are close to the Lord, those who have relationship with Him, those who love Him and have built and invested that time with Him, you can't fool them either. There's no fooling when you are in God. That's what He's saying right here. You can't produce fruit other than what you have been prepared to produce. Unlike a tree, we're not just born one way and will always remain that way. See, as a person, we always have choice. We always have the opportunity to feel conviction and say, yes, Lord, I repent. I want you. I want your will for my life. I want to produce that fruit that you intend to produce through me. See, everything that we do begins with repentance. It can't be otherwise, because then that wall's there. See, if you don't think foundations are built in your heart unless you build them, you're believing a lie. Because when you don't build these strong foundations, dig deep, Build these strong foundations in relationship with the Lord. Guess who does? Satan does. He will then come into your life because it has a void. And he will begin to build foundations so deeply in your life that oftentimes we don't even recognize anymore that they're there. And you see it all the time. You see it in adults where, where they have issues that go back to when they were young. Whatever it may be. And a, a wide variety of things. E- even one who, who maybe started out as a little white liar sees how it affects and really gets them what they need. And then later they grow to become a really good liar. I've met them. I know them. Where they're good at what they do. They're good at lying because their foundation is built by someone other than the Lord. But see, that person cannot, cannot 
then turn to the Lord and say, wait, wait, Lord, I, I need you again. Let me just come to you, have my kumbaya moment. I'm going to go to this church and, and, and go just to a really great worship set and, and feel that good. I'll, I just need to feel it. If I feel it, it's there. Baloney. Baloney. Your feelings are going to lie to you all the time. No. The only way you can get there, the only way you can begin to build that foundation again is to tear down the old foundation. That's done through repentance. That's done through recognizing before your Father, Father, I have sinned. I have fallen short before you. Forgive me for this. Forgive me. And if you have already accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, guess what? That forgiveness is automatic when you ask. It is there for you. But even if you've asked forgiveness a thousand times before, it's there for you. It breaks down that wall that's there. But then you have a choice. Because, see, that wall will be rebuilt again. That foundation has to be relayed. It could be relayed with relationship with Jesus Christ. Or guess what? It's going to be relayed by the enemy. Because there's only two choices. There's Jesus or there's you. Who controls you without Jesus Christ? We're fallen man. We know that. We live in fallen flesh. We cannot be controlled and given our heart to Jesus Christ without actually giving our heart to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So if that foundation is not rooted in Him, we can't produce good fruit. We can't. We can make it look good. Have you ever had a bite out of, out of a fruit off, like an apple, for instance? You ever, you ever go, oh, those look really good, look really ripe and ready. And Have you ever had the chance to take one off, take a bite, and it's just sour? It's just nasty. See, that is an example of a Christian that wants the fruit to look good, but have no effect in what it is for. You know, we want to look good. Churches today, they want to look good. They want to have a good music service. They want to have a good timed preaching, timed music. Let's do the whole thing, try and get out of here in an hour. Get your God on. Right? They want to do that and look good. Why? So they can bring in the money. Why? Well, presumably so they can do ministry. And I'm not saying that they all don't. They all do. But I gotta tell you, the church has fallen so short. So short. Do you know so many of the problems that go on in this country, and I'll only speak for this country, but it really applies globally, so many of the problems are because the church does not stand up. Homelessness. You know what? That was never the state's responsibility. 
It's the churches. Read it. It's the churches. But yet the church doesn't stand up for what they're supposed to stand up for because they try to get their arms wrapped around the people that they can control and they can kind of hang with. And we'll just worry about them here. You know, if, if, if I've got a widow in, in this congregation right here, I'm, I, I might worry about her. Okay, but I'm not going to worry about those other ones that are outside of my sphere. Does that make sense? That's what happens when the church becomes separated. If the church were to recognize that the church is the church, that there are no separations, then she would be doing what she's supposed to do. If her foundation as the church was laid properly, we would see the fruit coming out of her that was correct. But we don't. Instead, we see so many foundations laid that the enemy has laid, and he strips the church of her rightful place before the Lord. That's what I mean when I say his heart grieves. Because we have come to the point where that separation is being done, and he sees the choices people will make. He sees the choices even pastors will make. Lay leaders, ministry leaders. And it grieves him. But yet we're all responsible for ourselves. Ourselves first. Each of us here has this line drawn. Many have already made that commitment. But I urge you, build the foundation in Jesus Christ. If you want to know what I mean, it's real simple. It's obedience. It's obedience to him. You know, each of us has a conscience, right? In that conscience, when we ignore it and choose to do a sin anyways. You've heard it. What happens? It sears our conscience. That conscience is there for a reason. It's there for a reason to make us understand that is the wrong foundation. You're building a block that shouldn't be there. Allow him to use your conscience, which is the Holy Spirit, To make you aware of what comes between you and God. Of literally what makes you not see truth. The truth of his kingdom. Because if you don't, you're going to react to all the things going on around us in a human way. And you're not going to see what he's trying to do through you and through the bride. Let's come on up. One of the things that he said early on in the message today is it's going to require everything you are, not everything you have. And 
that that's kind of been the theme of what the Lord's been showing me. And there are some some similarities. I smiled at a couple of people who the Lord gave him the same, although said much better than even what we went over in the ladies' class today. Of we were talking about endurance and um, the consecration of our life and the laid down life is how we walk in greater authority and greater strength. And um, I know that giving up everything that we are, you know, we are a unique ministry here in that the Lord in an unorthodox way took us into a ministry overseas before a church would normally be ready to do that. We weren't equipped humanly to do it. And as we set out in ignition to do things only the way God wants them done, he's tested that along the way. And, um, and it's interesting, some of, the, some of the criticisms that I think were probably coming from a genuine place of concern, like, oh, is that, are you sure that's the way you want to do it? Because uh, that's just not the way things are done. And, and I'm sure in their own mind and human reasoning, it was, we don't want to see this whole church get derailed or fail. Um, and so maybe you should wait until you have resources, until you're the right size and you have a missions program. And yet the Lord, through the whole journey, has said, will it be my way? Will it be the way that, that I tell you to do it? And I, I, I really know that he's, um, he's challenged us in, in so many different ways, both individually and as a corporate body, to continue to test whether or not we will really give him the wheel, if you will. Jesus taking the wheel. If we will let him drive what he wants to do in ignition. And so we are used to on this journey giving sacrificially um, of our funds, um, you know, those that have sold their homes and left everything. And yet, while the Lord sees that as a huge sacrifice and is so blessed by the um, denying of our flesh, he continues to say that sometimes it will manifest in those ways. But are you giving him your very makeup? And that's why that phrase that Greg said struck me so much. Because there are things that we will withhold leaning on our own understanding that sometimes have to do with our personality. This is just the way I am. This is kind of, you know, this is just what I've always wanted. And I know that, I know that God honors the desire of my heart. And we twist Psalm 37.4 a little bit, um, because if you know that verse, delight thyself also in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. You can't forget any phrase when you're wanting a concept from a verse. And it's first, delight yourself in the Lord. And in doing that, he then places the desires within you. But he is asking of every limitation that you think that you have, whether it be financial, whether it be um, where the status of your family is, where the status of your finances are, your job, your health. He, those things, while important to God, are irrelevant when it comes to obedience and just giving him everything. And it's when we have that kind of foundation of faith, when we believe God so thoroughly for things that make no sense whatsoever, that is what the enemy observes as a threat. Yes. He looks and he says, 
wow, okay. I mean, we know the word. We know that when they invited the Holy Spirit and when they invited Jesus into their life, we know that the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead and and death and hell is inside of them. And if you don't think the demons know the word, they do. They know. They know what's in. They know what's inside of us. They know the power that's inside of us. The thing is, is that most Christians don't know. And so they know that some of us don't know. But when you believe God and you're willing to trust him for the absurd, when you're willing to to do things that don't make human sense, when you're willing to have your own family, your own family members um, come against you with a sacrifice that you're willing to make and say that's reckless or that's absurd or you're not doing that in the right order according to what's always been. And you say, but, but God said it, so I believe it. What did we sing about earlier? Yes. Those kinds of moments are such declarations of faith that the demonic that, that Satan assigns to us from the time we're born, we're assigned angels. And so as the counterfeit, Satan assigns demons. And he, he'll attack. And the greater threat we are in the kingdom, the more he'll sick on us, as we know. But they observe. And they're, they're terrified. Because when we're following with that kind of faith, and not intimidated with the outcomes of, you know, take, making those decisions. We're not caving and compromising. That is the threat to the enemy. That is the sign, as Philippians 128 we talked about in the ladies' class. That is the sign to the enemy. That he will be destroyed. Because he also knows that he will be defeated. Which is absurd. Um, There's a lot of... Satan may be savvy and strategic. and, And have quite a strategy going. But obviously he's foolish. Even to think as Lucifer that he could take half or more or all as he wanted uh, out of heaven's kingdom to follow his side. I mean, that was foolishness. He couldn't, he couldn't do it, but yet he thought he could. And so this foundation of faith, um, it's, it's such a key to walking in victory. And if there's one thing that I see all around, and, and I've been feeling it lately, is the weariness. I've been teaching on Galatians 6, um, 7 through 9, and the verse 9 of Galatians 6 says, and, be not, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And there's a lot of weariness going on. And that, by the way, is a strategy of the enemy. If he can just beat you down again and again and again and wear you out, just wear you plumb out, then he's won. But the very same thing that he comes after, you have the, as James 1 says, the, the opportunity for joy to let that be an, uh, an opportunity to build the endurance and, and the strength of character to be victor over it. So not only do you have the opportunity to not lose and be defeated, but you have an opportunity to take that potential defeat that he planned and turn it on its head and crush him with it because of the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Um, I'll just say one other quick thing that I thought of. is It was interesting. As soon as he started the, the message, it reminded me. Many months ago... I shared with you, um, and some of you may have heard, heard about this, and maybe you just heard about it when I mentioned it, but there is a, a plant um, that's called the Chinese bamboo tree, or, or some people call it the Chinese bamboo shoot. It's a very interesting plant and tree that is built. And when it is planted and put into the ground, 
after year one, you see nothing. And as long as you continue to cultivate it and water it, you get to the end of this, the second year and you see nothing. <laughs> and then you, you just continue to cultivate it and, and irrigate it and water it. And you get to year three and you see nothing. And finally, you wonder, okay, did I plant this thing or not? Well, yes, I did. I remember I did. I, I've, been, you know, I've been you know, doing what that soil needs all these years. You get to the end of, four, of the year four, and you see nothing. And just when you might want to give up, as year five begins, within a five-week period, this tree shoots up as high as 90 feet. It is the fastest growing plant that there is when it starts to manifest its growth. But it's the slowest if you look at it from the time it was planted. And what an example of Galatians 6-9. You know, endurance has to be built through the going through. And there are so many people that abort the seeds. God has a 90-foot high shoot tree manifestation waiting around the corner and how many christians they get to the end of year four right on the precipice of seeing it grow and shoot up and blow everybody's minds with how quickly what and they give up because they lose faith they don't recognize that what's really being built is deep down beneath the surface it's the root system that is being developed it's not just the above the surface, isn't it lovely? Oh, we didn't see this in year one. We didn't see this in the season that we thought. I mean, all the other plants are, are bursting out. We're waiting year one, year two, year three, year four. But yet, the manifestation of that root system is why it grows so quickly. And, and when the Lord first showed me this, I thought, boy, this, if this is an ignition, and, and really even the remnant, there is about to be an explosion of the remnant coming together, a unity and a manifest power and presence of God's people like never before. Why? Because they were willing to go through, go through, go through, build those roots when they saw nothing, saw nothing, saw nothing. And they were weary and well-doing. But the Lord said, don't get weary because in due season, as you trust me, it's really not about what you'll reap anyway. Isn't that what I'm in charge of? We are supposed to just make our focus him. And, and a couple of chapters after Luke 6 that we were in is where Jesus is talking about the parable of the, the sower and the, and the reaper. And, and he says in one of the last latter verses of that parable, he says, be careful how you hear. Because those that are willing to hear, more revelation will be given. But those who aren't willing to hear what they have will be taken. That's why you're seeing Christians shockingly become very blinded in this season. Because since the line is in the sand, you're seeing the choice. And those that have not been willing to hear with total abandon, not leaning on my own understanding, no more, no more pretense, no more my own understanding. Because the spirit realm is rising into a manifest place. If you didn't know that, it's happening. It's it is manifesting. We're seeing the darkness. We're about to see the power of God that matches that. And it's building. God's hand is about to show in a, in a way of the, the, the last great awakening. Yeah. And this, um, this battle that we're seeing is showing up in people's choices. And as people are making these choices, 
they're becoming more blind. What little that they had, what little understanding they had because of maybe their intellect or how many millions of Bible studies and conferences that they went to, God's saying, that was never enough. I let you learn because my mercy and grace wanted to give you a chance after chance after chance. But what I'm concerned about and what I'm going to allow to manifest in truth and revelation of my power are those who were willing to go down. See, because in the kingdom realm, the way to go up is to go down. Go down and build this deep root system. So that's what we've got to get. And by the way, when you, you know, when, when, when he's saying, you know, that the Lord's having him pounded out again, and believe me, he's even said to me privately, boy, I just thought the Lord would give me something different. <laughs> if the Lord is saying it again and again, don't go home and strive for this. Just go home and, and open your arms a little wider and say, God, whatever I'm not getting, you can have it. Whatever, whatever I need to give over to you. And, and again, don't think of it as have. But whatever I am that you need to transform, it is yours. Yes. Lately, the Lord's had me get up and say, get my head straight. I want to think like you. I don't care how I've always thought. I don't care what my personality is. If you allow your personality to be your limitation, you are telling the potter what kind of pot you want to be. Whew, that's dangerous. He's not going to allow that anymore. Just say, God. You made me. He could, he could turn you from a shy person who stutters to a, a person that preaches on the rooftops and, and can't be quiet. I mean, isn't that in his hands? He can overcome any limitation you have. No matter what has always been, doesn't matter. Because God is really in control. But that's the kind of sacrifices he wants. Because honestly, we're, talk, we're in this room anyway. I don't know about online, but in this room. I know... I don't see a face where there hasn't been just great sacrifices. It's a beautiful thing. Such an encouragement to me every day to see these laid down lives. So it's more what we are. And, um, and it's for our safety. Because when his power is manifest, the purest vessels will be what manifests the greatest measure of his power. Because it will mean that, that our, our flesh is crucified and there's such an emptiness of us that he can fill, that it's that much more of a takeover. And that is what wields power and authority when he takes over. So whatever, if the Lord is wanting this reminder again, then it is for his purpose. And praise God for it. And, and don't be condemned. Don't let the enemy say, yeah, I did it again because it's all you. It's all your fault, Lacey. He's, this message again was, you know, like, isn't it true? Sometimes the enemy will talk to us and go, yeah, it's probably me. I'm holding up the whole group or whatever. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just go before the Lord. To him that knoweth to do good, to him it is sin. Ask God to reveal it. Because you're not accountable for what you don't know. And, and I'm not talking about what you choose to deny. I'm talking about genuinely what you do not yet know. That is why we say, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's something in there that's wicked. And I'll give it to you. And if you're doing that, then you are where God wants you. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you are interested in the authentic. I thank you and praise you, God, that you are not impressed with the um, pretense, with the outward, um, uh, whatever it is, the, the way things look or are articulated or sound or seem but you want the real. And then you will take what is manifested before others and be in total control of that. Oh, God, what a gift that is. Because if we even could do it, we wouldn't be able to do it. We just are so 
so weak. Apart from you, we really can do nothing. We really can't pretend. It just becomes a lie to ourselves. And I know in your word, literally in the Psalms, it says, stop lying to yourself. God, we don't want to do that. We want you. We want your takeover. So God, please search our hearts today. God, if, if even if it's a matter of control that we're wanting to do more for you and we're in a lie that we're the, we're the ones that can make that happen, God, we know that waiting, those that wait upon you, that waiting will renew our strength so that we mount up with wings as eagles and run and not be weary and walk and, walk and not be weary and run and not faint. God, we, we, wanna, we want you to be in control through just doing it your way, your way. So, God, I ask you for strength in that, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you forgive us and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness and you, you pick us up and keep us under the shadow of your almighty wings. God, I just, I just praise you. I pray that this word today would go deep down, deep into the root system that's about to burst forth in the manifest power of what you've been doing. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.